now serving butter and bacon. The good stuff. traditions that you guys like to do um we used to we never went into the city to see the ball drop we always thought that was nuts um but we we really enjoyed getting together with friends um which is a little more difficult in the pandemic era Mm -hmm. and watching the ball drop across the world so we would start like around you know noon and we'd see um you know the new year celebrations going on in polynesia and then as it spread across asia and then through Europe. Um, so that was kind of our, uh, you know, New Year's tradition. Um, but how about how about you guys? Anything anything traditional that you guys would like to do? Um, not so much traditional, more of just doing something. So we're not uh, we're not huge on the New Year's thing. So it's uh, it's always been just like, hey, let's get together with friends or family, things like that. So we um, it's funny you, you say that, though, because it's my, my son this year was uh, adamant that we had to go and, and get the noisemakers and the poppers and the hats. And it's just the three of us, <laughs> but we're doing it anyway. But, uh, we, you know, we, we've had friends and family over. Um, quite, seems to be we end up hosting it most of the time. Um, and, you know, that's been anything from watching college football to watching a SpongeBob marathon, uh, you know, to doing what you, you mentioned, Paul, and just kind of keeping up with what we can around the world type stuff. And then of course, as you get closer to 10 30, 11, particularly 11 30, we, we do want to watch the ball drop in Manhattan. So we'll switch to one of those shows. My son has tried and tried and tried to stay up every year in 2019, going into 2020, he made it till 11 o'clock, about 11 15 or so. Now we, here we are going into 2021 and he finally made it till midnight. It's uh, it's 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 not a, a huge tradition. I know some people are all about um, all about New Year's. One of my favorite things I saw on Twitter this past week was, if there's one positive of the pandemic, it's I don't have to go and waste hundreds of dollars pretending I care about New Year's. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in that camp, although we've never done the hundreds of dollars thing. But uh, yeah, it's it's just never been a big holiday for me. But it's you know it's fun to start the new year. Uh, we'll we'll do traditions. Uh, we'll do you know a little bit here and there, and and then and we will uh, usually identify a couple of resolutions for the year. So I'm sure that's forthcoming in the next couple of days as we figure that out. Oh yeah, how about you, Scott? In normal times, we would go out to eat and then come back to the house and have fun snack foods as it would get closer to midnight and then watch the ball drop along with all the other traditional New Year's Eve programming and the Twilight Zone Marathon, which is on every year. But this year, we're not doing that. We're just bringing in dinner and some additional fun food. So I guess if there was one thing that I would call a New Year's Eve tradition that we are following this year, it would be that we will be eating mini hot dogs and shrimp cocktail. Ah, there (laughs) you go. That that's a New Year's Eve tradition yes. we will be this year. You should yes. take those mini hot dogs and bake them into cornbread. I think that would be perfect. Ooh, that sounds tempting. <laughs> mini corn dogs. Mini mini corn dogs. Well, no, it would be a it would be a maxi corn dog. With, <laughs> with, Depends with how you a, cut and serve it. With a, with a litter of mini corn puppies. <laughs> yeah. so, so speaking of New Year's Eve stuff, though, I have several friends who ordered from this website, I think it's called Gold Belly or Golden Belly, where you could order food from around the country. They ordered deep dish Chicago pizza for $69. That you wow. get you two meals out of that. So I know three people that did that. Wow. Uh, see that, and, and that's, 
I guess that, I mean, that, that's the different version for people that don't want to take the time or the effort to cook local, you know, cuisine. Right. Uh, we, we tend to do that for the Oscars, actually, is we will find, uh, you know, for the Best Picture nominees, we'll choose three or four. And, you know, particularly if they're regional, we'll, we'll have um, friends of ours over to watch the Oscars and then we'll cook something that's regional um, to the location of the Best Picture film, uh, which is always fun. I mean, there's one year... And it, it's such a cacophony of food, um, you know, it, uh, as an example, and, you know, we weren't doing this at the time, but if Forrest Gump were up for best picture, we would have shrimp everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's fried yeah. shrimp, baked shrimp, gumbo. Yeah, goldbelly.com. I'm looking at it right now. This is pretty cool. Yeah. It's we are open cool for stuff. sponsorships. Goldbelly.com. <laughs> This might be the stuff we love right here. I believe so. So, you know, if there was an Oscars for podcasts yes. and your podcast was nominated for best podcast, people yes. could eat butter and bacon. <laughs> it's an easy, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> easy it's dinner. Easy. And, anyway. and we would send you that butter and bacon for far less than sixty nine ninety five. I think we would do forty nine ninety five. We would send you bacon and we would send you a pound of butter, a pound of each. Forty-nine ninety-five. Delivered Looking for a coupon code. Right, coupon code Ask Dean. <laughs> you know who else has traditions? Our guests. Hi, welcome to Butter and Bacon. We discuss the good stuff of Disney and traditions. One of our traditions is having a show put out, recorded in the prior year, and then put out in the next year, which is what's going to happen. Uh, we're recording this on December thirtieth. So this is New Year's Adam. <laughs> Welcome to New Year's Adam. Uh, I'm Paulie, and with us as always is Dean. Hello, Dean. How are you? Hello. Is this thing on? Is this working? Do I it remember is. how to record a show? It is. You're it's back. It's been way too long. It has. And also having been way too long, but not on this show. We have our good friend Scott from the Stuff We Love podcast. Scott, say hello. Hello, everyone. Greetings. Yes, we, we, Dean and I have joined Scott on his show several times. Um, we actually had a plan to have a, a compendium show, Butter and Bacon and Stuff We Love, that I don't know, we even know what happened to that. But um, anyway, we are here to discuss the annual tradition of looking forward into 2021 with some of the good stuff news that is coming out. You know, it, we talked earlier in the opening, you know, about the pandemic, and, you know, some of the some of the things that made it a little difficult to record a show talking about the good stuff of going to a Disney theme park uh, while things are shuttered, things are closed, customers getting laid off. But, you know, we're going we're to turn our attention for this episode to some of the things that are coming in 2021 and even speculate on some of the things that are coming in 2022 and beyond. Uh, Dean, do you have a list? I always have a list. Yes! My, I think my official title for the podcast is List Maker. Listmaster General, because I am literally walking in circles in my basement, so I do not have a list. But um, it, wait, where where would you like to start? I mean, what what uh, what 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 focus would you like to kick off our discussion today? I think the I, I almost feel like every show now has to come with a disclaimer, <laughs> because <laughs> had had we done this, and I think we might have, I can't remember at this point, uh, going into 2020, um, all the stuff that we talked about probably didn't happen. 
And so uh, while we're going to throw out some ideas today of things we think are coming in 2021 and, and things yes. that Disney has announced are coming in 2021, um, no, no guarantees here, folks. Uh, I don't know Correct. exactly what's going to go on. Some of this stuff is probably delayed. Some of it may have actually materialized in 2020 and got pushed to 2021. I have a hunch some of the things we mentioned will actually probably not happen until 2022. Um, but all that said, you know, these are things that are, and, and I want to be very Disney World focused with this, so this is going to be a lot of Walt Disney World topic, um, but certainly, you know, we can add to that with some of the more global issues or, or um, things that are coming to screen and television as well, but really I was thinking about Walt Disney World as we go in here, so um, maybe the first thing to kick off right off the top is uh, it's going to be 2021, and so uh, some quick math tells me this is Disney's 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. 50th anniversary of Magic Kingdom, 50th anniversary of the Polynesian and the Contemporary. And to date, I haven't heard anything yet announcing any sort of celebration, any sort of focus, any sort of year-long celebration. What do you guys think is coming for Walt Disney World's 50th? Paul, you want to go first? Nah, you go first. Well, I, I guess, why don't we start with Walt Disney World as a whole? Uh, I. I don't think we're going to see any formal announcements made about 50th anniversary celebrations until March or April at the earliest. That's just my instinct with everything going on. Uh, I would suspect that at the Magic Kingdom, you'll pro well, one thing you'll definitely see is merchandise. <laughs> that's <laughs> no that's a no-brainer. So we'll be inundated with T-shirts and hats and hats picturing the T-shirts and, you know, 50th things in the shape of Mickey Mouse. It's going to be a, a plethora, to use an SAT word of merchandise that will be coming out for the 50th anniversary. And then I would think they would probably have some type of parade celebration to mark the 50th anniversary, something new. Uh, I Maybe that would be done in conjunction with updates to fireworks displays. I, I'm just kind of guessing there. Uh, and then like with everything that Disney World does for an event, whether it's Halloween or Christmas, there will be cupcakes. <laughs> there will be a 50th anniversary cupcake. At the at least one of them for us That's to try. That's got to be the golden apart. cupcake, right? The golden cupcake. Um, I don't know how much you're going to see of it at Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. I don't. I think Magic Kingdom will obviously be the centerpiece of that, uh, even though the merch will be available everywhere. Uh, that's my instinct as to w when that's going to, uh, what's coming out, and in terms of when that's going to be. I, I think we'd start to see that stuff in September. Uh, it's my guess, but I, that's just a guess. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good question about, you know, we really don't know because we don't know to what point parks will be reopened fully if that will be happening in 2021. Um, I do agree that it'll kind of be centered around Magic Kingdom. I slightly disagree with you that the um, nighttime spectaculars will be there. I really do think that they're going to really focus on the new harmonious um, fireworks and water show display spectacular at Epcot. Um, I think that that's going to become the 50th festival centerpiece. I think that was the plan in 2019 um, when they announced that Epcot would have like this festival center um, to house the 50th anniversary because Magic Kingdom, Main Street, small. Yes, they made the hub bigger, but it's not going to be holding the amount of people that Epcot can hold. That's terrible, um, though. It's going to be the 39th year of Epcot. I know, but... It's kind of like when um, it was the Walt Disney 100 Years of Magic, or what was it, Disneyland's 50th, and everything happened in Walt Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> that made no sense either. True. 
See, I and, mean, and I, I bring have... this up as potential theming because we, we had a run there for a while where on New Year's Eve, Disney used to announce the new sort of focus or theme for the upcoming year. And so, you know, we're recording this a day before, so I don't know if they're going to do anything like that. I have seen nothing alluding to that, so I don't think we're going to get that this year. Yeah, the only but thing I would that be I've... surprised, uh, unless the, the focus will be, hey, our 50th anniversary, kickoff starting in October of yeah. 2021. And it's going right. to run until, well, real, let's be realistic, it'll probably run oh, until December. Oh, Year of a Million Dreams? Be yeah. 18 months? <laughs> <laughs> that was blue cupcakes, that makes sense. We're expecting gold cupcakes. Right, gold cupcakes. Yes, I, I hesitate to see what happens to people's teeth and later with gold frosting. Um... Yeah, that, I mean, and that's that's a good point, though. I mean, with, with the 18 months and months and years of A Million Dreams, um, that they could do the, you know, really get that 50th anniversary. Um, but I what I, I can tell you what I have seen, um, and not to shift topics, because I don't know how much time we're going to spend on this. I have seen the merchandise start to appear for the Chinese New Year um, in the China Pavilion in Epcot, and it's really nice. I think it might tie in a little bit with the 50th because in traditional Chinese New Year's fashion, it's red with red and more red embellished with gold. And it looks pretty nice. Um, I can't remember who I saw on Twitter that had it. It might have been Denise at Mouse Steps. Um, she seems to be really on the ball when it comes to some of the in-park merchandise. But yeah, it, it looks nice. Red and Sky, gold, you put on black something. shoes and black ears and you got Mickey Mouse basically. Right? <laughs> I'm going to dress up like Top Hat Mickey Mouse all the time. I like Top Hat Mickey Mouse. It's a good look. It is. Sharp. So what I was just going to say, I hadn't thought about that, Dean, until you just mentioned it now, which is the celebrations starting in October and going forward. And that would make sense because if things go as we want them to and I think expect them to, the world will hopefully look a lot more normal starting or at least by October. And uh, that would enable them to fill the parks to greater capacity and do more with their 50th yeah. anniversary than if they were to start in April, let's say. Or well, and I also think that some construction got delayed and some of the attractions that we're going to talk about got delayed. And so starting your celebration at the beginning of the next fiscal year uh, gives them time to release that construction, get things up and running, and really measure the impact of a lot of the new attractions the new resorts etc that are coming so there's a lot of reasons why they would do that not just calendar driven but being a travel agent i'd like to know about it uh, because we do have folks that want to plan around it and Wait, so it'll be interesting agent? to see when the when they announce it you're a travel agent uh no in 2020 i did not play the role of travel agent very much <laughs> <laughs> but where where would you work if you were travel agenting Oh, the best agency out there, Paul. It's uh, Adventure is Out There Travel. Nice. For all your one-stop travel needs. A-I-O-T travel. <laughs> Without them, I wouldn't be able to go to Disney. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the plug, fellas. But uh, no, in all honesty, though, it, it is an important facet. Is you know, There used to be a time where a lot of folks planned around the theme. Yeah. And, you know, there was different, you know, if you go all the way back to, remember, Limited Time Magic? Oh, yeah. uh, you know, knowing about those themes and, and what was coming up for that given week or month was really impactful for how people plan vacations. And so if folks have the ability to flex their schedule and not just travel on school holidays, they may be more interested in traveling in October or November if that's going to be part of the 
celebration of the 50th but if that celebration is happening in may or june they may just be willing to go then instead right so we shall see when that all comes out it'll be interesting to see how that unrolls i wonder how the 50th anniversary is going to work in conjunction with not so scary for example like how that's going to work because huh. if it starts in october that's hot not so scary i i don't know i don't know well not so scary starts in august it starts august. In, yeah it doesn't start in october <laughs> it starts in april but uh well, it might this year to recoup revenue we'll see Although, and that's an interesting point, too, and that might lead to more of those things happening, like I was saying, at Epcot or some of the other parks, because Magic Kingdom's Main Street will be completely ensconced and not so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Dean, you mentioned it at the top of the show, you know, we're going to assume that things get back to normal for all of these things. So, you know, it's taking a, taking all of that with a giant grain of salt, a Lake Michigan sized, <laughs> even though it's a freshwater lake, grain of salt. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, that, that, that's an interesting thing. I also thought that having the 50th start October on the actual 50th date for Magic Kingdom rolls into the October 40th for Epcot. Yeah, that's fair as well. You know, it's, uh, it's all to be determined, I suppose, um, yeah. because, yeah. you know, we've mentioned it a couple times already, but, you know, you brought up Harmonious, which I think is a, an important uh, add to Epcot in 2021. Um, but will we even have fireworks or parades or shows like that? Because as of right now, we don't. Scott made a good point. As you wait till later in the year, we're hoping for more of a return to normalcy. And so if that happens, you know, what is, what is the fireworks show? Is there right. a special 50th fireworks show? Is there... What happens when it's the 50th and it's not so scary? Do we get competing fireworks shows? Like, there's just a lot of a lot of questions to answer there. But I think that we're all hoping for those types of returns um, for making a more complete vacation and, and more of what we've been used to over the last 49 years of uh, Walt Disney World. Speak for yourself. I haven't been going there far nearly that long. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 uh, two decades now of going to Walt Disney World. You went before I did, uh, but I'm uh, yeah, this will be my twenty first year of going. Twenty first year. Yeah. The, uh. the if if I go in twenty twenty three, that will be my fourth decade of going to Walt Disney World. Will they have so a you, cupcake for you? Uh, <laughs> just for me. And it would be in the shape of horizons. Uh, <laughs> and it will like be flavored poly butter and jelly. No, oh, oh, you know, peanut butter and jelly cupcake sounds pretty good. Peanut butter and jelly sounds pretty good. I think we. Peanut, I think my, my my son calls the uh, the cake part bread. Do you do you want <laughs> bread to be peanut butter with a jelly frosting, or would you want like a strawberry or grape bread with peanut butter frosting? Now, see, yeah, I would want the jelly in the middle. And I would want peanut butter on the frosting. I like that too. With with like a white cupcake or yellow cupcake or. Uh, I'm thinking angel food. Angel food. Yeah. So pure white cupcake. Pure white cupcake, jelly filling, peanut butter frosting. Yep. It basically it's gonna look like somebody gets shot in the snow. <laughs> Six ninety five. Right. Well, at least. At least. Seven ninety five if you're there before nine a.m. Which makes no sense. <laughs> We could put a uh, we could put like a little plastic uh, insert thing, like you know, a little toy or whatever, like the the flag that can go. Yes, back. but you can't insert it too far, otherwise the jelly will start to leak out. out. <laughs> That's funny. Like, go all the way back. It'll be a tribute to uh, to the the Lincoln uh, animatronic. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, 
look, they've recreated his assassination. No. No, no, no. As, as, was, widely, <laughs> as was widely discussed for the opening of the World's Fair. But um, also, you know, I, and I don't know if we've talked about it on this show, but, you know, it, to catch people up, Harmonious is the show that is coming to Epcot. They have these giant barges that are out that will be, unlike Illuminations, fixed permanently in the uh, World Showcase Lagoon. They're large, but um, during the day, they're supposed to be fountains. So I'm imagining something along the lines of the upside down fountains that are in front of Imagination, where they just constantly just go. Um, that also has a secondary effect that it, it's going to keep mosquitoes down because fountains are the ways that they keep water moving. Now, you know, the friendship boats move, yes, but you know, that that's it's got a recirculation aspect that is kind of probably beneficial as well but that that is supposed to be super awesome um <clears throat> i'm not sure they're doing drones for that but i've heard about their their kites for harmonious i don't know if that's still gonna hold out but you know it's it's one of the things that um i'm definitely looking forward to seeing i'm not really big on youtube shows but i don't know when my next trip is gonna be so i might have to check that one out they are doing the castle projections for the holidays. Um, Cinderella Castle I saw last night looking wonderful, wrapped up like a present. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen those yes. pictures. It's, it's unbelievable. The way that they're able to project these images onto the castle. It, I, 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 I've not been to the parks this year, except in January before everything happened. But people that have seen this in person say they prefer the projected images versus what used to be done at uh, the, the holiday time. The lights. Mm. And, well, there's uh, definitely less yeah. crane. Less crane. <laughs> By the way, have you guys ever gone on vacation not expecting to see the crane and then you enter the Magic Kingdom, you turn down Main Street and then you see the crane and it makes you question the entire trip? We went in August. I think I've talked about this trip on the show before. We went, we went for an August trip where um, it coincided. We did basically a week plus with my parents and my extended family, cousins, uncles, nephews. Um, and then we did a week with my wife's family afterwards and we stayed. So we had a total of 13 days at Bay Lake Tower. At some point, the crane came out in the <laughs> middle of the vacation. So I have actual photos. Um, and this is back when I was, you know, taking film camera pictures. So I've got photos of the castle, and then I've got photos of the crane. <laughs> I, I just expect there to always be a crane. So when yeah. the crane's not there, I get excited. Yes. It's like the scrim I, that covers the uh, the train station now at the Magic Kingdom. It just changes the whole dynamic yeah. of the entrance. Yeah, or uh, it's a small world. Or it's, yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah, so wrapping up on Harmonious, uh, they've reference this as five movable six-story floating platforms Six so if you thought stories. the barges were interesting and intrusive at, at Epcot this is going to be a lot more than that uh, colorful lights lasers pyrotechnics 25-foot LED wall music and more I always I always love when they tag on and more and more and more. what does that mean uh, not less <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> I, I think that's the uh, that's going to be the surprise part. I have nothing to say to that, <laughs> Dean. You summed it up perfectly. You know, not less. I mean, what? That's it. <laughs> it means uh, for seventeen ninety five, you can also get the soundtrack. 
Which is supposed to be fantastic. Uh, I don't. I've heard tributes to old music, but I'm assuming there's some new score in there as well. But I, I don't know that for sure. I think, if I recall correctly, that that score is being written by the woman that did the um, Captain Marvel score, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and her name is escaping me right now, but um, yeah, but I I love the music of you know even even the terrible shows, Rivers of Light, Dean. Um, the Rivers of Light music is really good. Yeah, good. <laughs> I listen to it. No, I agree with that. So yeah, that, that'll be that'll be a, a whole category of things to figure out is what nighttime shows and parades look like and how this new one uh, really debuts because there's been you know a lot of outpouring of love for Illuminations over the years, so mm. Harmonious has a lot to live up to. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to where you'll be staying should you return to Walt Disney World in 2021. And this triggered in my brain because my wife's cousin, who is uh, quite a Disney World vet himself, uh, called us to say, hey, can you book me a room at Animal Kingdom Lodge? And I thought, wow, this is really odd. Uh, he always books his own trips. He's, he's you know, probably uh, as well-versed as anybody out there in, in traveling. And um, he literally meant, can you book me a room at Animal Kingdom Lodge? because Animal Kingdom Lodge is currently not accepting reservations. Um, not surprisingly, all of the DVC resorts are reopened because they want those points flowing uh, in and out of the system. But Jumbo House for regular resort room bookings is currently closed. And, and it's not the only one. Wilderness Lodge, both Port Orleans, Polynesian, Boardwalk, uh, a few others are all closed right now. So we are awaiting to see when those are all going to come back on board. Some of them have some tentative dates throughout spring 2021 uh, that they're supposed to reopen. And so we'll see those come back into circulation and be available in the inventory once you know Disney has a formal date and they open it back up. Um, but in addition to that, there's a couple of resorts that are planned to be opening in 2021. Again, we'll see how this goes. One of them is the Walt Disney World Swan Reserve and Autograph Collection Hotel. Hate the name, love the concept. Mm. Um, so this was announced a couple of years ago now, I think. Um, but it's, you know, it's through Marriott Bonvoy and it is going to be located, I believe, to the south of the Swan, which means closer to the, um, closer to Hollywood Studios, that side, and will be very boutique in design, uh, very, and that's not a pun on the Polynesian <laughs> uh, <laughs> shop, <laughs> I mean a boutique style hotel, which is funny because the Swan was already considered a boutique-style hotel compared to the Dolphin, and so this is going to be a boutique to the boutique. Um, but the the big thing you're getting here from the Swan Reserve, it's very suite-focused. So uh, the Swan and Dolphin both have some suites available. This is going to add to that inventory tremendously. They're talking mostly, most of the rooms in this resort will be for families of six to ten people. So much larger rooms than you're used to, uh, it's going to have a rooftop space available. They're talking rooftop bar, poolside bars. Um, you know, they're going for the intimate vibe of a small resort, but also catering to larger parties, larger families. Uh, it's supposed to open in the summer, and anyone who's familiar with the Marriott processing, it's going to be a Category Six resort. So you're talking okay. ballpark fifty thousand points a night if you're using your yeah. points. What does that translate to in terms of dollars? It's fifty thousand dollars. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, <laughs> for night. It's a dollar a point. I haven't seen any cash prices yet on the rooms. 
so it's hard to say. I would imagine this is in that several hundred dollars per night category. So mm. you know, think think probably off season, maybe you know, in excess of four hundred. Typically, probably running in the six to seven hundred a night category, mm. which is analogous to what you pay at a, a one bedroom uh, for a Disney DVC resort on a cash right. price. Yeah, I wonder um, how many people are going to roll up expecting that they can get a studio. You know, because I think that the DVC is, has made the... Um, uh, I'm not going to say erroneous, but I think it's, it's, it's led people to a certain level of expectation that at, you know, sweet resorts, that there will be something that will be for a party of two. This is not going to be that. Yeah, they're not focused on that that demographic at all. In fact, if you want that, there are certain style rooms at the Swan Dolphin that would offer that. I'm thinking kind of like the turret rooms, which are a little bit larger than the regular room at the Swan or Dolphin. Has that nice balcony, has a little bit of a kitchenette involved. So that's your studio equivalent right. at right. these resorts. Yeah, this is very much focused on the larger party. Hey, uh, people don't want to book two and three rooms with us, so let's try to give them... <laughs> the family experience that the, you know, the two bedroom or the three bedroom villa does. The tough thing that's going to be is that is this. So let's say you're a family of four or five going down to Disney in the summer and you want to stay at, let's just take beach club villas, one bedroom for perhaps a comparable price, maybe even cheaper. You could go to this new hotel. I'm not going to try to go through the whole name again because I already yes. forget what the full name is. But the Swalfin uh, Reserve. It, the Swalfin Reserve. That's what I'm calling right. it. <laughs> so you, could, you could go it to this like hotel. It sounds like a wine. It does. It's, it's the reserve wine, yes. <laughs> More expensive grapes in this one, Scott. More, yes. That's what, that's what I would expect. But um, And you could get much more room. See, this is kind of like yeah. the dilemma that more and more travelers I think are going to face going to Disney World in general because you do pay a premium to stay at the Disney owned resorts and they have an they have an allure they have a pull I mean I myself love the thought of staying at the beach club or the boardwalk or any of those there's that Disney connection where you want to stay there but at the same time you look at the other hotels in the area and you say oh well you know for the two bedroom suite here I could get to get that for the yeah. same price the Waldorf for example is a beautiful hotel and if you look at their prices in the summer for a two-bedroom suite with fireworks views, I mean, their top-of-the-line room, it's still probably is cheaper than a one-bedroom villa over at the Beach Club. So this kind of is just another hotel to throw in there, which makes choosing a place to stay more complicated. That's well, a good I problem to make, have, I guess. It, it, well, well it, and exactly that. I, I think it's, it's offering those options for someone that might be balking at a Beach Club, you know, one-bedroom. Um, or like a boardwalk, two bedroom, or even, you know, ridiculous Grand Villa, which sleeps 12. Um, you know, usually you're going to have multiple parties going there, but what it also does is it allows people that are in the Marriott point system to stay on property. And I think that me, that might be where they're going for, because people are trying to use the Marriott vacation club points. They'd have to transfer out to stay at the Swan or Dolphin. But then it, 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 there's, there's always, I'm not going to say it loses value, but then it's like, okay, the trip's canceled, but now I have all of these things wrapped up and I no longer have my points and it's just, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that this is going to be Marriott's answer for a way to get their vacation club people to stay, quote unquote, on Disney property. I'm also interested to see what their amenities list is 
is going to be comparable or exactly the same to what Swan and Dolphin has. Like they right. won't have Magical Express as an example. Well, and that's that's one of the battles going on right now. Swan and Dolphin has no longer has the bus service. Right. Um, so th you know, there's no Magical Express. You can't charge to your room. So a lot of the differentiators are, are showing between a Disney resort. The one thing I'll, I'll say about this particular one is, you know, there's been suites that are quote unquote on Disney property. You can go to Bonnet Creek. You can go to some yeah. of the the downtown Disney resorts. This one is walking distance Disney to Springs, two theme parks. Sir. Yeah, Disney, Springs. Disney Village. <laughs> uh, th this is walking distance to two of the four theme parks. So this is a this is different. I mean, this is Swan and Dolphin to me has always been a little different than those other quote unquote on property non Disney resorts. And now you're going to have basically a sweet resort on property, but literally like, you know, in the middle of the action. So, you know, there, there's always going to be the folks that are, hey, I'm a Disney person. I want the Disney theming. The Swan and Dolphin aren't Disney enough for me. There's too many uh, you know, conventions and stuff like that that are yep. going on. Too many. I don't want to see businessmen walking through and businesswomen walking through the lobby. Uh, this is different. This is this is a, a sweet resort designed at Marriott Family. So is, is a good analogy. Is this the Bay Lake Towers to the Swan and how should I say this? So Bay Lake Tower oh, to the contemporary. contemporary. Is this the mm. is this the Swan and Dolphin equivalent? I think that's a fair analogy, right? It's going yeah. to be a little bit more sweet focused, but right next to an existing larger, full of restaurants and amenity resort. Well, and that was what I was going to say because then the the pressure is kind of off for the um, Swalfin Reserve to have its own set of like three or four restaurants because why you can walk 200 yards in either direction and you can have the fantastic restaurants that i know we've detailed on here before dean is a, a big fan of going to the dolphin properties in particular mm -hmm. um but yeah and and that and that pool <laughs> the pool's great the, the pool's pool fantastic. is fantastic the pool bar is fantastic um, the and, egg and, rolls at the pool bar are fantastic. <laughs> I did not I have the egg rolls before. That's oh, good. Scott, go back for the egg rolls. And then right across the street, literally across the street, you have fantastic miniature golf, which I think gets overlooked. Um, you know, but but it's all walking distance. So I think this is a great location, again, from a Marriott perspective, that you have those two theme parks. Um, you can get to other places using the Skyliner. Um, from either station also um, if you put that in you know get over to Caribbean Beach or even go as far as Riviera um, you know depending on, on what you want to do um, you know or, or on foot so you really don't have to set foot quote-unquote on a bus um, and depending on the time of day or your ticket uh, media you know strolling through Epcot to catch the monorail to go to the Magic Kingdom um, when we stayed at Boardwalk, that was kind of our plan of attack. We would do Epcot in the morning and then hit Magic Kingdom up at night and use the monorail system um, to go back and forth. Um, so we didn't even have to take a bus then. Um, the only thing that complicated that was when my mother-in-law um, didn't bring her park ticket with her. <laughs> yeah, because we were going to dinner at Hoopty Doo. She said, well, we're not going to a theme park. Like, no, no, you always bring it. But <laughs> if only she had a magic band on. Well, this was a long time ago. Yes, yes you had a magic paper band makes then. that a lot easier. <laughs> but but the the Swalfin Reserve won't have magic bands, correct? No. Well, yeah. I mean, you could buy your way in, right? Like anybody else right. off property. Right. Yeah. 
No free gray one for you. Well, they're doing away with that, too. I know. Another hey guys, thing coming I'm sorry, go ahead. to 2021 go ahead. is no free Magic Bands. No included Magic Bands. I did not know that. Is that... Wow. I missed that. Yep, they are Breaking no news. longer going to be sending Breaking everyone. Yes. <laughs> I think I already have 500, so... <laughs> Garland on our small that. tree is Magic Bands. Can I mention one thing, too? Speaking of that whole Epcot Resort area that just yep, occurred to me, not connected to the Swalfin, but uh, I did see that Beaches and Club eliminated their walk-up window. Oh, yeah, the Beaches and Cream window. Yeah, I don't know if that's temporary or permanent, but the, the oh. walk-up is, is <laughs> well, if it's, if it's temporary, then it's not a big deal. If it's permanent, it's a uh, it's a vacation-changing development. Wow. Well, if you want you want your walk-up ice cream, you should go to the bottom of the Dolphin anyway and go to the fountain. But Fountain is fantastic. They also have great pretzel bites at the fountain. Fountain's wonderful. And it's, it's not quite walk-up, but the Ghirardelli ice cream is awesome yes it is well i'll and, give you a, a quick listing of resorts that i know are scheduled to reopen in 2021 and then we'll do a quick chat about one that i don't think is going to open but it is on the potential <laughs> list of 2021 and so um i mentioned before a lot of the resorts are closed all-star movies is supposed to reopen in march beach club which you were just talking about is supposed to reopen by may wilderness lodge in june and then the one i wanted to mention is the polynesian uh, which better be open by October 1st because it's part of the 50th. Uh, it's supposed to reopen later summer, and I believe that's targeting like beginning of August, maybe late July, and reopening with a Moana theme. And I wanted to get particularly Paul's opinion there because he's a little bit more of a traditionalist, I think. But Scott, I want you to weigh in as well. Uh, Moana theme making its way through the Polynesian. Thoughts? Um, it, it kind of doesn't bother me because Moana, unlike Lilo and Stitch, is a lot more traditional Hawaiian based, um, even though it does not take place in Hawaii. It is Polynesian. Um, but, you know, also, you know, the Polynesian resort is I mean, Hawaii is one of the longhouses, but, you know, they, they have, you know, they, they try and span the entire South Pacific um, type of vibe. And I, I do think. I think they're learning a lot from their experiences with what guests appreciate at Alani and some of that native Hawaiian culture that they put into Olani when they built it. And I think this might be trying to get that to the Polynesian in a character driven way. Um, you know, so having some of those totems having, you know, maybe, maybe it's, I, I can't for the life of me see Moana holding up the signposts for every longhouse as an example. Um, you know, I, I, I can see, I mean, as, as, as much as I love Lilo and Stitch, but like when the luau returns, that it become, you know, a lot less of, oh, it's Lilo and Stitch, take a picture. You know, that, that it become more, you know, maybe they change up the story. Because again, we talked about it. That, that luau has been going on since the beginning of Walt Disney World. So, you know, maybe maybe changing it to tell the tale of the ancestors and, you know, traveling across the oceans, um, you know, bringing in the Lin-Manuel Miranda songs, possibly. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually fine with this because it is something that fits the theme um, a lot more closely than, say, um, trying to put Mary Poppins into Boardwalk, which makes no sense. Not saying that they would do it, but, you know. 
So, but, um, so, so Scott, I, I'm, I'm actually thinking we need to take away Paul's um, Diz Twitter card because we suggested IP into something that was original and he didn't freak out. What, what's your thought on Moana <laughs> going into the Polynesian Resort? I, I very much share Paul's sentiments on this. I'm not opposed to it. I think that <laughs> the uh, I think Moana would fit very well into the Polynesian. I just when I stay at a Disney resort, I like having Disney things at the resort. I like seeing characters and I like being reminded, but I don't want it to be overwhelming. And I think that when the Polynesian is renovated, it's going to be the right balance. It's not going to be in your face everywhere you go. It'll be built into the resort in some subtle and not so subtle ways. Like the Riviera, for example, when you look at the way Disney characters were incorporated into that resort, it still has its own theming. It doesn't overwhelm the overall aesthetic of the resort, but it's there. And I think Moana is going to be the same way. Uh, the Polynesian is one of those hotels that is so unique because of the Hawaiian culture and the uh, South Pacific culture being brought into the property. And I think if they were to change that in a major way, the backlash would be pretty strong. The, the yeah, renovation. feel like that- we saw that with the lobby redo. So yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, but even even that that's that's kind of died down, I think. I think people enjoy the statue of Maui now. I mean, I'll tell you this, guys. I stayed at the Polynesian now. I guess it was three years ago, something like. I really don't remember when. It was a couple years ago. It was the first time I stayed there, and I thought it was a great hotel. It was a thrill to be staying there. I could see that it was showing its age a little bit. And then we have a friend who stayed there the following year. And she actually did not like it for the price she paid. She said it's an expensive hotel and it was a little dirty, a little bit worn down. Um, it has its flaws. And the renovations, I, I'm more concerned that they fix those things and bring it bring it up to date. I'm more concerned about that than the Moana theming. A big problem with the Polynesian just that, that I have with it is you're paying six, $700 a night in some cases, and yet the hotel in the main lobby only has a couple of elevators. Now, granted, it's a two-story place. You just walk up the stairs. But for families with strollers, there's often a line that develops. And that that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've experienced no, that's, that with that's the stroller. Point. There's been a number of times I dragged the stroller up the stairs because I didn't want to wait. <laughs> that's a benefit of having a child that, um, yes, would know the stroller existed, but did not want to be in it. Right. And that's kind of like what we're talking about here with the Swalfin <laughs> Resort coming soon and all these other hotels. Now, you got to take all this into account. Take Grand Destino over at Coronado Springs, which is, I guess, not, Dean, you said not booking right now. It's closed. Um, No, I think that one is on the list of booking. Not, not okay. 100% on, on, on that. So, I mean, that's where I stayed in January of this year. That is not an expensive hotel as Disney properties go. It's I think when I was there in January, it was around 200 a night, which is not bad for a moderate-level resort. And the rooms there are enormous. They're modern. Granted, yeah, you're not in the Epcot Resort area, and you're not on the monorail loop like the Polynesian, but for a much cheaper price, you could get a gorgeous hotel, which feels more like a deluxe than a moderate. And then you, as a, as a guest, need to decide, okay, do I want to spend between two and 300 for Grand Estino, or do I want to spend 700-plus for Polynesian? It's just... It makes trip planning a little bit difficult, which is why I use Adventures Out There Travel, by the way. That, that was a nice segue for a plug. <laughs> <laughs> I, did not, wow. I did not plan that. It just was a natural. Uh... 
Grandestino's open for booking because they have DVC rooms, so you, you can get there. Right, true. And the NBA yeah. players are no longer staying there. And the NBA no, players. they're not. No, Although no. the G League may show up. Oh, man. They're talking about a G League bubble for the NBA, so we'll see what I think that. I think that would work. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, so, and, talking about expensive resorts, I'm not sure this happens in 2021, but Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Resort. originally slated to open up in 2021 i like i said i i think i think they're gonna not make that date um but i hope they do for those that uh you know they want to stay there <laughs> um they were supposed to start taking reservations towards the end of this year to end of end of 2020 uh that clearly didn't happen so um you know to be determined whether this takes place in 2021 but scott as you think about you know polynesian rough around the edges maybe not worth the cost talk about your perspective for the what at that time will be the newest shiniest most expensive resort on disney property uh, galactic star cruiser before i answer that are we going forward with the idea that that hotel is probably going to be around 1500 a night because that's what i've heard that wouldn't surprise me yeah the, the, um I, yeah and well, and and you got to remember too. It's not going to be per night. It's going to be a um, two night, three day adventure. And so, it's it's yeah. So and, it's and, an on land cruise. It's it is. It's an on land cruise, and it and it involves a lot of stuff that happens in the hotel itself. It involves a personal shuttle to the back entrances of um, Galaxy's Edge, and um, and all of the things that you know you are really truly ensconced in the star wars mythology um so it's not some place that you can just you know hey i'll, I'll stay here for a night that'll be fun but would it be fifteen hundred dollars let's say that was the price fifteen hundred dollars so would it be three thousand dollars if you're there two nights or would the fifteen hundred dollars cover no, those it's two nights? i think it's i think whatever the price ends up being is going to be the price for that night it's kind of like like dean was saying the cruise costs this right so what I also don't know is if the price will change based on your party size. I believe it's a pe per person because it's all inclusive. Right. But, but I mean, like as an example, would three people cost less than two people in a four person stateroom? Yeah. So kind of like the single occupancy cruise concept. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. will say this. I cannot see myself going and staying at this hotel on a normal Disney World trip. I think if I'm going there and spending that type of money, from everything we know of it so far, it has to be, okay, I am there for that experience. I'm not going to leave there and go to Animal Kingdom. You know, it's got to be Star Wars Hotel, Galaxy's Edge. I want to be immersed in that experience if I'm spending that type of money. That's my take on it, but I don't think that's going to open in 2021. I agree with you, Dean. I, I think we're looking at 2022 for that. Yeah, Dean, I, and I'll agree. I think that probably they have an internal target, and I'm going to just throw out there uh, May 1st, 2022, because um, that would be a Star Wars date. Um, that, Wait, I can you know, math probably... that. Is that... Yep. Hang on. Yep. <laughs> I can't it's even do a, the math. My brain hurts. It's not a really hurts. good round number. Forty-five but... years. Yeah, forty-five years. Yeah. So that's that's my thinking. Um, it is absolutely something that I want to do. It's probably something my wife absolutely will not want to do. 
um, mainly because she gets motion sick. She she doesn't handle like even Soren. So being on a star cruiser with moving windows and all of those things um, is just not going to be something that she would enjoy doing. I'm picturing, not that I'm planning this right now, but I kind of am. I'm picturing that she would be visiting with her friend in Jupiter for a couple days and then join us someplace um, because my daughter will absolutely be in on this. And exactly like Scott said, I would be immersed. Um, you know, I would be wearing clothes that, you know, while I don't think you can wear robes necessarily to the Disney theme parks, I would be wearing clothes that would definitely fit into, um, you know, somebody that would be walking around in the background of Rogue One or, uh, you know, in, in some kind of garb that would work. Um, and be Star I would, Wars bounding. I would be absolutely Star Wars bounding and I would love every single minute of it money well spent would you pay I, extra for the ability to change baby yoda's diapers <laughs> no because those cookies lead to some seriously colored poop and i don't want to deal with that see i picture this paul you you, you plan the vacation you and your your daughter want to surprise your wife you, you put the blindfold on her as you head to the park, head to the resort. You open up. She's in the lobby. She looks at you and goes, "It's a trap." Yes. <laughs> as you and also, her into there, a Star Wars vacation. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and uh, <laughs> if there isn't a coffee shop called "It's a Trap," I will be very, very, very annoyed. Fellas, All something right, else occurred. Some space things that I think will happen in 2021. And, Can I just say one thing oh, real do. quick? Yeah. I something occurred to me because of a phrase you used, which is "cruise on land," and it just occurred to me that if you are going down to stay at the Star Wars hotel, and let's say you're you're doing a two night package, you may want to treat it like you would a cruise. So, in other words, if you were planning on flying down that morning or the day before, you don't want to risk flight cancellations. You may want to get down there a day mm. early. Stay mm -hmm. at a hotel just to make sure you're there for the start of your galactic experience. Yeah, the days in I-4. I'm there. No, I, I, I think he's saying a couple of days at the Disney parks ahead of time. Then do your Star Wars cruise on land. And then move over to the Hard Rock for a few nights of Universal. Oh. Oh, you know what? I might do that backwards. Yeah. I might stay at C Cabana Bay. To Cabana open. Bay. Do some Volcano Bay, not go to the Universal Parks. Just pure beach, outdoors, sun, and then I go to space. I like right that. Afterwards? What a dichotomy. Guys, what I was really saying is that to be on the safe <laughs> side, you need to book a two-week trip to Disney before taking <laughs> you to the Star Wars Hotel. I mean, if you're going to do a cruise on land, you might as well do a cruise on sea, too. Okay. So... Wait till the Disney Wish comes on with their statue of spoiler Cinderella as their icon mm. in the lobby, and uh, and then you can have the brand, the newest ship in the Disney fleet as part of your vacation. Mm. So a seven night, no, it'll be seven day, seven day double dip castaway key. Then you get back, go to Cabana Bay, <laughs> to Volcano Bay for two days. Then do the Galactic Star Cruiser. Then a DVC stay. Hmm, I like that. Well, while you're doing that DVC stay, you can go to Space 220 Restaurant at Epcot. Yes! 
Now, this was supposed to open in 2020. Um, Hence the name. (laughs) Didn't quite happen. Not why it's Uh, named that. (laughs) But this is definitely something I would want to jump on as a a dining option. Again, we've talked about this a hundred times, but I feel like our Disney vacations just keep growing in length because mostly about the food i want to go back to all the places that i love to go and then i want to try all these new places too and i just can't fit that many rooms or meals in the in the reservation so i have to extend my room stay and this is definitely one that would extend my stay i I think it's an interesting concept uh you had me at more than a thousand bottles of the world's finest wines and a wide selection of craft beer um but you can add on the what they're calling american cuisine i'm curious to see what that's really going to be on the menu uh, I'll be very disappointed pizza. if this is this well-themed and all we get are burgers and chicken tenders. You know what it's going to be, Dean? Just for you. It is the space version of Coral Reef. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, you know, I went to Coral Reef to see the, the turtle. <laughs> and I would still go. Even if even if I knew that going in, I'd still go here just to see the decor. Yeah, I, no, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Um, again, it's one of those things that my wife probably just have to close her eyes during the space elevator ride, quote unquote, up to the restaurant. Um, but yeah, uh, the other the other thing I was joking when this first got announced is that every 45 minutes something needs to go terribly wrong, um, so the station starts tilting at like a 35 <laughs> degree angle. <laughs> All the tables tilt, the chairs tilt, everything just tilts. The full experience. Yeah. You know, you're in the middle of trying to drink one of your uh, $45 glasses of wine. It's sloshing all over the place. <laughs> the gorillas on the wall start beating their chest. The elephants are making noise. Hey, I know a place like that. <laughs> all in space, though. I, and am I correct? This is going to be a three-meal-a-day restaurant? They're serving breakfast there? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, it was said to be doing that. Again, I'm not going to commit to anything at this point until yeah, they re-announce sure. it. Um, but I, disclaimer. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, if you think about your your breakfast options in Epcot, uh, was a good idea to serve breakfast here. I don't know if that's still in the plans, but hopefully. If that's true and they are serving breakfast, then I think it's a type of thing where if the only time you could get in is breakfast and you were hoping for a dinner, just take it because it's going to be yeah. so in demand. If you could get in there, you got to go. I mean, their omelets yeah. were out of this world from what I heard. No. <laughs> The joke of cheese. 2020 right there. <laughs> it's made of moon cheese. Uh, moon well, cheese. I, I don't know if they're going to have moon cheese, but uh, you will be able to go after your breakfast, go to the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And I know that's high on Paul's list of things he wants to do on his yes. next trip. Yes, yes it is, but I don't think it's going to open next year. I don't know why. I, I have a feeling that's going to be one of those pushed 2022 things. It doesn't seem to be, yeah. I was going to say, it does not seem to be a priority when we see things mentioned. We're seeing a lot of momentum with the Tron coaster over at the Magic Kingdom, for example, yeah. uh, and Ratatouille over at Epcot, but the Guardians, it's, I know there's developments. We know what the ride vehicle is going to look like, but it just doesn't have the same momentum, at least to me, paying attention on Twitter 24-7 that some other things do. I'm going to say uh, this is not going to make it for 
Walt Disney World's 50th, but it will make it for Epcot's 40th. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, uh, let's go to the Tron coaster then, because uh, we're still holding up our sp sort of space, but really not space theme. Um, but it's going to be near Space Mountain. It's interesting. I think <laughs> I think Tron Digital will be space. on in 2021. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, lots Agreed. of rumors that it won't be, by the way. So um, yeah. fo folks are skeptical. Um, but I think we see this in 2021. Paul, your wife would not enjoy this attraction. Um, she's weird about roller coasters. See, yeah, that would it's, be okay. It's the, it's the simulators that get her. The roller coasters, she's fine with. So I, I personally think once the canopy is complete, they're going to start doing test runs um, with the coasters. See, it's interesting because I love simulator rides. I could do mild coasters, like I could do Big Thunder, for example. I've done Space Mountain, and I don't really like it. I don't like the Mummy at Universal, so I, I'm nervous this is going to be beyond my abilities. I'm but, taking you, know, you to Great Adventure, and we're getting <laughs> on El Toro and Nitro and King Ka, and yes. I'll stick with the Moonchies. <laughs> I got a case of the Moonchies. Uh, I don't like the mummy at Universal, but that has nothing to do with the motion. Um, has to do with the fact that the ride's about 22 seconds long. True. Um, to yeah. me, Space Mountain, the the Star Tunnel is probably the or you know, the flashing lights before you launch. That that's mm. about the most motion sickness inducing part of that ride for me. So I'm picturing Tron having a lot of flashing neon lights, and that's where I think the they're gonna get me. It's it's not about the ride motion as much as it is about the strobing. I don't know if there's so much strobing, um, if it's anything like the um, coaster that is in Japan. Japan or China? Sh Shanghai. It's Shanghai, that's China? right. Yeah. Thanks, Shanghai. Uh, yeah, uh, literally. It's more of a pulse, because Tron is not really about anything happening quickly, um, other than the light cycles moving. But, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the steady glow that, that appears out of nowhere. Um, so I, I, I think you might be okay with that. Plus, they also would run into people with epileptic problems. Yeah, I'm sure either way there's going to be lots of warnings going into that. No! Disney won't have warnings, come on. Lots and lots and lots. You're going to be handed a giant dinner menu as you get into the queue, uh, much like <laughs> Mission Space. <laughs> Great attraction, by the way, Mission Space. I like both green and orange. Very underrated. I'll, do, I'll ride that after. What's that? Underrated and overlooked now, I feel like, by many people. I'll ride that after eating at Space 220. Yee. <laughs> Yee. <laughs> yes. I'm hey, not sitting I'm, next to you. <laughs> look, look, I, I eat corn dog nuggets and then get on the aforementioned um, El Toro roller coaster at Great Adventure. I have no problem keeping my lunch internal. Well, while we're in the Magic Kingdom, um, I suppose, according to some people, this isn't going to be a, a guarantee, but we should see a reboot slash update to the Hall of Presidents. Yes. We should yes, see we should. A, a president-elect becoming president and added to that, and current president moved into the back row somewhere off to the left, probably. Um, new recording, new speech, all that fun stuff. Do you guys recall how quickly they've turned over the Hall of Presidents in, in past uh, presidential change years? I remember hearing that one of the first things someone does when they are 
but when they become president, is record something for the Hall of Presidents. It's shockingly early in the administration. As a matter of fact, it may be the first thing they do once they're sworn in. <laughs> yeah, so. they're sworn in. They have the parties. They go back to the White House, and there's freaking Disney there with a with a recorder, saying, "All right, say these lines." <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I think it's going to be it's a quick turnaround, relatively speaking. It's not. I don't think it's like a week, but it's. I kind of no. remember it's a couple of months. Yeah, I think it's a couple of months. Um, there's also rumor that they might change up the the format of the show, um, only because of how polarized um, several past presidents have been. Um, to to kind of de-emphasize the current president having a speaking role as as large as it was. So I'm not I'm not sure that might just be rumor mongering, but um, you know that that remains to be seen. But yeah, if, if I recall correctly, it's sometime in midsummer the attraction reopens. Yeah, Obama and Trump were both second half of their respective election years. Uh, I recall Obama's was, I believe at least, was a little earlier in the year than Trump was. I think they had a little bit more of a difficult time getting Trump's recording done. Um, but yeah, both of those uh, were second half of the year they were elected. And that's why I think this will happen, you know, call it yeah. August, September, October, sometime that yeah. around there of 2021. Is this guy? Is this an attraction in your guys' regular rotation, or do you see it once as the new president comes in and that's it, or do you not even care that level? Um, I can't remember the last time that we saw it. So I, on this one, I'm different from Paul. I love going to this because I, I it's always tension <laughs> when it, the show is going on, seeing what it, will anyone <laughs> yell something in the audience, um, because it's. That's just the times we live in. So I, I actually I, I enjoy going to see this because it is a very patriotic attraction, and I love look at the looking at the audio animatronics of the presidents. But the truth is, it is actually I, I do find it to be tense when I'm there, and uh, I know is that a last four years thing, Scott, or is that something you've noticed over the years? Certainly a last four years thing because now they do have at least when I was there the last time, I remember there being security during the show on the sides of the theaters. Oh, that wow. that uh, that was there absolutely uh, the last time I was there, which was I don't think it was January, it may have been October of last year. So I just love seeing it, but it's 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 fun. I'll take my patriotic time to American Adventure. Yes, nothing wrong with that. And uh, I, I will throw out a, a reference of the PointsGuy.com ha- had a comment about the uh, idea of the Hall of Presidents reboot. And saying they should go to a Hamilton-style historical review of the presidents. <laughs> I really like that idea. I like that idea as well as it should be Muppets. <laughs> I like yeah, that idea. Well, more. Anytime you can use the Muppets, I'm happy. So that would be fine. Great with moments with Mr. Sam, Eagle. Well, gentlemen, the uh, the last topic I have are just a couple of restaurants that are coming on board, and and I know we already talked about. Uh, the one in Epcot with the space restaurant, but there is a another restaurant in in Epcot, which will be anchored by a ride in Epcot. Yes, and I think both of these can can just come in here together as a, a ride in a restaurant. And that's Ratatouille mm. with the La Creperie de Paris. Yes. Uh, first of all, what are you more excited about, the Creperie or the Ratatouille ride? The ride. That, that's the right answer, Scott. Thank you. Yes, I will. <laughs> I, I I also will say the ride. I mean, there's some people poo-pooing it because it's quote-unquote just a clone from Disneyland Paris. I don't care. I haven't been to Disneyland Paris. It's going to be a new ride to me. Right. Um, and 
I, I will say that as, because I didn't hear about the crepery nearly as much as the ride, of course, but there's a crepery that we have locally in Red Bank that I had had the opportunity to go to about a year ago. Fantastic. So I am looking forward to the crepes because it's not just like you would get at the, you know, boulangerie, patisserie, where they put, oh, here's, here's some bananas or here's some strawberries and away you go. Because there are savory crepes that you can yes. get, you know, with, with like meat and gravy, um, you know, cheese. So it's almost like a blintz type thing. Um, well, and and it, folks are so confused because this is going to be table and quick service. It's actually yes. both. And, yeah. and people were actually, and I think it's to your point, Paul, they didn't know what a creperie really is. Now, yeah. my first experience at a, and I, it's not a real quote unquote creperie, but it was a real creperie, was actually um, in, in St. Lucia. Uh, we went to a sandals resort and one of the restaurants at the resort was a creperie and and exactly what you're talking about it's not just nutella and bananas or and you can you know, get that you can you, get you, that of you course. can get that but you can also get fried chicken uh you yes. can also get uh fish you can get beef uh you know so all sorts of savory items um you know don't call it a burrito it's not it's a completely different experience um, but just the fact that it'll be a full-on restaurant centered on being a creperie it, it is actually pretty exciting um but maybe a little overshadowed by what should be a, a really fun ride yeah yep yeah i'm looking I, forward I, to the god and i i will say too that um unlike disneyland and i wish Walt disney world did this more you will not be able to go get your crepe and take it to go and eat it in the queue um for the ride you know you can do that over at universal you can take your drinks with you in the queues they have to be finished of course by the time you get to the ride um but you know disneyland getting a dole whip and sitting and watching tropical serenade and the tiki room is something that is a life goal of mine um but they won't let you do that at walt disney world so taking a crepe and entering the world of remy um would be phenomenal to me sounds like the good stuff the good stuff indeed I look forward the to stuff this ride. We love. And the stuff we love. That it's is the true. good stuff we love. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question, though. Legit question. I was trying to figure this out because I was watching yesterday, speaking of restaurants in Disney, a YouTube video of someone that just went to Crystal Palace. And mm. he said it looked to be 100% capacity. Mm. Have you guys been seeing on Twitter that Disney has been increasing their restaurant capacities from where they were a few months ago? I have not... However, I think some of the capacity talk might be a little misleading for mm -hmm. restaurants because if they remove tables, you can't necessarily tell. Right. Or so, they close sections at certain restaurants. So right. they may not so, see an entire half of the restaurant. And, and I've seen that in New Jersey here, too, where there's a lot of places where, you know, open, open in indoor dining is open but they've removed every other table in the place. And I've been there before, so I know what it used to look like. So while every table is occupied, it's only a third of the occupants, if that makes sense. Yes, no, it does. I guess what threw me for a loop here with this video is that he showed a, a, a wide camera shot and it, it did not look like six feet between the tables at all. It okay. looked congested in one particular area. So that's what threw me for a loop. I just... And I did see that Disney is no longer enforcing social distancing on certain attractions, right? Flight of Passage. Yeah, yeah, flight. Yeah, not only Flight of Passage, but they're doing full trains at Expedition Everest. I don't. Yeah, they said the seats were high enough. No. Seat backs. No. I, I don't no. like. And that no answer. one's wearing their masks either. No. 
I agree with you there. Now, now, as far as capacity, they have scaled up capacity in general. So the you know the park limits are higher than they were when they first reopened, um, and and obviously I think the restaurant has had to carry forward with that. But uh, I did not see the video you're talking about, but that would certainly be uh, upsetting to me as someone who's tried to do a good job of staying away from those types of scenarios. I probably okay. wouldn't be eating indoors anyway. Um, but yeah, if, if you're someone who is expecting to walk into what you're getting at uh, your experience at home, you know, like Paul described with tables that are, are you know, only one out of every three tables still in the restaurant and people very well distanced. Right. Uh, a lot of footage from Disney is not showing that. So guys, I, I may be missing a few things that are coming online in 2021 and certainly listeners, if there's anything that, that I missed that is exciting for you for the coming year that I, you want to talk about, bring it to us uh, on Twitter, uh, you know, send, send me or Paul a message, send it to the show account. We'd love to continue the dialogue there. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to close with, though, is there's obviously been, a, and we talked about it a lot on the show already, there's been a lot of practices that have changed because of COVID and, you know, behaviors had to change, uh, the way part, uh, people in the park are treating each other, I think, has changed. What of that do you guys think will stay going forward, you know, in a post-pandemic world, call it 2023, 2024, I'm mm -hmm. hoping by the end of 2021, but just, I want to get farther enough away that we're not thinking about lingering effects of who's vaccinated, who's not, and all that stuff. And what do you think should stay? So what do you want to stay? What do you think will stay? Well, I certainly like the cleaning of the attractions. That's been a big thing. And that, I just picture being there in the summertime and everybody's sweating and then people get off a ride and then you're sitting down right after them and it's like, oh, I wonder what I'm sitting on or touching. <laughs> so I'm all about the deep cleaning between attraction rides. That's one thing. Um, I think that the six feet thing will be done. Um, I think while some people in society will be wearing masks, they're certainly not going to be required at that time, and most people won't be wearing them. Uh, I think people may have just memories of this time period that will influence how they behave themselves. You know, I, I'll be conscious, for example, of not standing on top of someone's back <laughs> while waiting to get on uh, It's a yeah. Small World or something like that. Another thing, by the way, that I think could stay in the Disney rooms, I don't think they did this before the pandemic, but... This may sound small, but it's not. Remote controls and plastic bags? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you, um, Scott. I think a lot of the internal cleaning procedures probably will stay, um, mainly because then it's something that they can use as a, you know, they can tout their cleanliness. You know, it's like, you know, we don't have to do this, but we are continuing to do this because guest safety and satisfaction. Um, I do agree. I think some people wear masks. Um, I think the mask... Um, it definitely won't be required, but I think it's now like it has been in Asia for over two decades. It's okay to wear them. That's what I and think I, will happen. I, I think, and I think people won't continue. get the cross-eyed look if they are wearing them. Right. And I think you're going to see that on a lot of flights to Walt Disney World, wherever you're coming from. A lot more and the other thing, will continue. The other thing that I think might become a little bit more permanent um, is the temperature checks. Because it's non-invasive. And it's over in a second. And it's something that, and, and not just Walt Disney World, but I think, you know, traveling, um, we take shoes off, we basically go into these scanners and you appear naked in front of people. So, you know, the, the temperature check, while it is not scientific, it is not going to diagnose that you have something or not, but at least it's going to be an indicator of, you know, hey, you're running 102. <laughs> yeah. 
I hope the cleaning stays, particularly the ride cleaning. I don't think it will. I think in certain rides you may see it, but I think there's going to be a pushback to efficiencies as far as getting people cattled and move quickly uh, in and out of rides. And I think there's going to be an efficiency in cost and they won't want to staff every attraction with that many people and give up seats and things like that. So uh, while I would love to see it happen, Scott, I'm, you may want to continue to bring your Lysol with you because I, 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 I will. <laughs> I, I just, I imagine it's kind of like when, when the new restaurant in town opens up and you get that fantastic customer service and there's multiple mm. people at the door to greet you. And then over time, you find that the servers are the greeters and you stand there by yourself a lot. And, you know, it's just the, the, the level of detail, because it can save a few bucks, goes away. And unfortunately, uh, I, I think that level of detail will go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other well, thing that I could see. Oh, God. No, I was just going to say, I'll bring my wipes. <laughs> <laughs> and hand sanitizer. I'll be ready. Absolutely. I could see also hand sanitizer continuing to be something that's placed in the hotel rooms along with lotion, shampoo, conditioner, and soap. What do you think will happen to the communal soap uh, and shampoo approach of, of those big plastic tubs in the showers? Think they're yeah, going back to little bottles now? That's interesting. I don't know. I want the I, little I, bottles. I like the little bottles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, little bottles are nice. Um, I mean, I can understand why, you know, not only from an environmental perspective, but a cost perspective. Um, but, you know, in, in segueing a little bit, because it's kind of the same point of view, I could see a return of the buffet. Yes. That was because, my next question. Yeah, I mean, it, as, as much as people are like, oh, you know, family style, there's still some, re some restaurants in Walt Disney World that will do family style because they don't have space for a true buffet. Um, like, you know, of course, near and dear to my heart, uh, Beer Garden. Um, but it, the buffet is cheaper to operate than it is um, having table service, family style, eat as, as much as you care to. Um, so I, I do think that's going to make a return. I don't know when. I think there will be a Twitter uproar when it does happen, um, which will die <laughs> down we'll quickly. <laughs> that's how we'll know when that's it's how there. We'll know, right? Which do you think wastes more food? I think, honestly, I think the eat as much as you want because there's always going to be someone that wants more and it's only one person, right. but they bring an entire platter. I think so, too. I think the platters to the table can be very wasteful. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're getting the waste from the regular buffet style, it's because somebody put too much on their plate or you know, took, took more than they wanted right. to. But you don't get that from the entire table. I, I remember going to, I believe it was the Akershus breakfast. And like, I, I don't remember what we asked for. I think like we wanted a little bit more scrambled eggs or something. They right. brought out an entire refresh platter. Yes. Right. Like a side don't plate of eggs would have been eggs. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not how they create it. It's all plated back there. It's ready to go. We get an entire, and I felt so bad. But I'm like, we're not going to sit here and stuff ourselves and be uncomfortable for the, the rest of the morning just because we feel bad that they brought a whole platter out. But that would have been one where if it was a buffet, would have went up, got a, you know, an extra scoop of uh, scrambled eggs for my son or whoever wanted at that time. I think it was him um, instead of an entire platter getting wasted. So I can see the efficiencies. Again, you, you, we all want the place to be as magical and clean and safe as possible, but it is still a business and they're still going to make business decisions. And so yeah. it's going to be a cost efficiency. And I do think Paul's right. The buffet runs more cost efficient. You need less people to staff it mm -hmm. and, and the food doesn't get wasted as much. Take a yeah, restaurant. And they also can time 
when they remake, you know, let's go with that scrambled eggs. You know, they'll know they they got the people in the back that are constantly making sure that the eggs are even, that the potatoes are even and stuff like that. But then they also go back, okay, we need another, we need another platter of potatoes made. And they're already made, don't get me wrong. We need that platter of potatoes heated up. Um, you know, they, they need more eggs Benedict, uh, you know, whatever it is. And then they can, you know, make the call. But if it's plated in the back, they're operating blind. Yeah. You know, like they know the reservations, they know how many tables, they probably have it figured out math wise and on a spreadsheet of exactly how much they need, but they don't know. I mean, if I come rolling in, I'm having three, four eggs Benedict. I'm not your normal person that's <laughs> only going to have one or two. I mean, I got to have it. And, you know, building off of what you just said, Paul, you know, you take a restaurant like Boma over at Animal Kingdom Lodge, where mm. I've been, I haven't been there for dinner, but I've been there a few times for breakfast. They know exactly what they're doing. That restaurant has never been family style. That's always been buffet. Yeah. And I've been there when they bring out the new eggs or the new potatoes or whatever it is, the new locks. It's they got it down to yeah. a tea. I have been to family style restaurants at Disney where they'll bring you a plate of food and we didn't realize that, oh, this was included in there. We don't eat this. So right off the bat, they're wasting food from the moment it leaves the kitchen. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point because, you know, if you've got any kind of dietary, you know, going back to, and I haven't been to Boma um, for breakfast. I've only been there for dinner. Uh, but I have been to the Akershus um, breakfast where they will bring out and, and the platter's already pre-made and it's it's pancakes, it's eggs, it's bacon, it's sausage, and it's potatoes. Well, if you're gluten-free... You're not having the the pancakes and you're kind of already leery because, well, you know, pancakes was on the platter. Now, you make that known ahead of time. They will bring you a platter. Yeah, that, that specific scenario would be different, but you're right. right. But if you're a vegetarian. What if you just don't eat pancakes? Some people don't like right. pancakes. Or, or, or you had Mickey waffles at your resort. So now, oh, man, I can't have more bread. You know, now, yeah. now, it's, now it's become, well, now I've got these giant pancakes that are there. Or, you know, I don't eat pork products. So now the sausage and bacon is going to waste. That that comes automatically. All of those things are factored in that at a buffet, you know, again, I'm, I'm a bad example because I am the king omnivore. Um, but, you know, I can go up to the beer garden um, buffet and I can get four sour broughton if I want to, you know, in, instead of, you know, and maybe I skip the latke this time and they don't have to bring that to me. You know, guys, we are, I like to think we're all smart people and we're interested in a lot of things. There may never have been a more fascinating discussion I've been a part of than whether or not more food goes to waste at buffets or <laughs> restaurants. I'm really picturing this out in my mind and I'm thinking when I go to buffets, like how I get up and there's plate one and then there's mm -hmm. plate two. And then, oh, I just want a little bit more and it is a buffet, so I'll mm -hmm. get a smaller plate three and then maybe throw on, I'll go for dessert, but I'll throw on a hard boiled egg. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like but I know yes. exactly what I want and I'm not wasting. I'm getting up, getting what I want, eating it. There's no waste. Actually, dessert is a great, great example. Um, you know, and, and again, I haven't been to when it's been family style um, dessert platter. The only thing that I've had like that is hoop de doo and you're getting you're getting what you're getting for dessert right. at the hoop. But um, strawberry shortcake. But um, it's 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 one of the. I mean, if they bring out that sampler platter, I'm not going to have the thing with the nuts. Not that I'm allergic. I just don't like nuts for the most part. Um, I probably have the cheesecake or the chocolate cake, but I love apple pie. But if I go up and get those little mini desserts up at the buffet, I can get exactly what I want, and none of it's going to waste. Right. 
Well, and, and just to round out the Boma thing, I've been there for breakfast and for dinner, uh, and you each need to do the other one because they're both fantastic. Because uh, yes. it's, it's possible if you ask me my favorite breakfast buffet on property, I'd say Boma. And if you ask me my favorite dinner buffet on property, I might say Boma. Mm. Um, so I, I encourage you both to go to yeah. uh, to the other. And speaking of little platters, at Boma, if you tell them you're gluten-free, they bring out a platter of gluten-free desserts, which are actually yes. fantastic. Um, so, yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Also, that's interesting. Uh, I think my favorite be- breakfast buffet might be Hollywood and Dime. That's really good. We were talking about the cheesy potatoes from there just the other Yes, day. that's exactly it. <laughs> it's a good I've breakfast. I've made those buffet. at home. That's a better dinner buffet than it gets credit for, too. Um, my father-in-law, uh, uh, he had, he's prone to hyperbole, uh, but he did declare the salmon there the best salmon he's had at Walt Disney World, which mm. I completely disagree with. But uh, my point is that it's good enough that he, he actually quite enjoyed the salmon there. So I am not a eat-the-fish-off-the-buffet guy, but he attempted it, and, and he was okay with it. I can say probably the best salmon in Walt Disney World that I've had is that aforementioned Akershus. It's the cold salmon mm. um, at the it's bar delicious. that you do get. Oh, that, oh, that is so good. Norwegian smoked salmon. Scott, you have a favorite uh, breakfast or dinner buffet or both? My favorite breakfast buffet, Boma. I've been there multiple times. and I've been to many breakfast buffets in Disney. It's very good. Off-property breakfast buffet recommendation, the Orlando World Center Marriott. Just a recommendation. Not, it's not that distinctive. It's not like it's that unique, but it's big. So that's. Uh, but in terms of Disney, Boma favorite dinner buffet. By the way, good breakfast buffet, Tusker House, Animal Kingdom. Yes, def- definitely good honorable that's, mention one. I agree. Yes, and I Tusker not... House is a good one to transition to lunch too, as well, because they it always is. have sandwich fixings up there. Right. So even if you don't want to have like a big heavy lunch, you can just make a sandwich and put it put it in your bag to go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Dinner buffet, you know guys, I, I can't remember the last time I was at a dinner buffet at Disney. I tend to like if I'm gonna spend that type of money, I'd rather go to Boathouse or a homecoming or something like that. Beer garden. Or beer garden. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was at beer garden. What am I saying? I was at beer garden. Uh <laughs> I can't even remember if it was January this year or last year, but I had a great time. That was not only was the food great, but the experience was great. We had a tremendous evening. That was awesome. So, but you know, when, when I think about buffet dinner, it's not just buffet. It's really um, I'll categorize it with the all you care to eat. So you know the Ohanas of the world. Yeah, those yep. kind of dinners would count as well. Right. Yep. Um, if yeah. you want one of the worst buffet experiences, I'd recommend Garden Grove at the Swan. Uh, that that's just repulsive. So. It's 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 the, <laughs> it's about the worst meal I've had on property, and, and it may have, and I've only been there once, so I, I don't usually like to comment on a restaurant I've only been to one time, um, but I would not go back for a second experience there. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it, and the uh, fun fact about Beer Garden: the only difference between the lunch menu and the dinner menu is the sour broth. You get sour broth at dinner, you don't get it at lunch. Yes, and it is Which completely makes worth waiting for dinner for that. Dinner is waiting. Their sour broth yes. is really good. Sorry, well, and again, you know, we joke about walking around with a big hot bowl of bread soup, um, you know, in the Magic <laughs> Kingdom. There's nothing you want more than big, heavy pot roast <laughs> in in the middle of the sun in Epcot. But, um, but yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, like I said, the the um, the dinner buffet there. Um, if we're not going to the full dinner shows, because Hoop de Doo um, has a special place in my heart. Beer well. Garden also has very good macaroni salad. Yes, they do. <laughs> They have good cold salads, all of them. 
I'm, yeah. I'm not partial to beets. My wife likes beets. They have beets salad there. Um, the cucumber salad there is good. Um, soups, the soups at Boma. Southern Germany influence. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Other yeah. than spatially, I'm not. I'm, I'm not really feeling a lot of pasta coming out of Germany. <laughs> no, not, well, it's um, it's much more the potato salad. That's that's the thing, and it's the cold German potato salad. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. I wish we were there. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. When you do, there will be lots of new things for you to try, which is which is fantastic. I'm so tired of the question. I don't get it so much in my current job, but in one of my old roles, I used to get a lot of, why are you going back there this year? And again, we haven't, my, by the time my family goes, which will hopefully be summer next year, depending on where we're feeling with the pandemic, that'll be two years since we've been. And I know for people, you know, two years isn't a long time, but when you think about how much has changed from 2019 to 2021 at Walt Disney World, it's it's not a whole new experience, but there's going to be so many great new things to try. Yeah. yeah. And trying new things, that is the good stuff. This has been The Good Stuff. Thank you for listening to Butter and Bacon. For personalized trip planning services and expertise, please contact Becca via email at Becca at AdventuresOutThereTravel.com on Twitter at AIOT Travel or visit our website adventuresoutthertravel.com where you can get more information, read our blog, subscribe to our newsletter, and request a quote. Let them know Butter and Bacon sent you. You can follow Butter and Bacon on Twitter at Butter and Bacon, on Instagram as Butter and Bacon Podcast. And please contact us via email at butterandbaconpodcast at gmail.com. To get the good stuff delivered hot and fresh, please subscribe to Butter and Bacon in your podcast app of choice. My dearest listener, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair as Bert et Bacon proudly presents your outtakes. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott, I cut you off. I was just going to say that uh, one of the lessons of 2020 is don't care what others think. Do what makes you happy and go out of your way to do it if you can. That's one of the yeah. things Scott, I'm taking away I, from this. When year. I go next summer, I'm putting on Bermuda short jams and a fanny pack, okay? I don't <laughs> care what people think anymore. You, you <laughs> do you. As I will say. put socks you, in my Crocs and like it. Socks in your Crocs, fanny pack. You also need the hat with the big umbrella. I, I mean, like I was this. thinking visor, but uh, I'll go hat with the big umbrella instead. Yep, yep. Now, if you do a visor, you have to do the goofy visor. Yes, with the ears. Yes. Own that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's in this room where I would put it on for you, but uh, yeah, uh, you do own that. That's awesome. That was fun, guys. But yeah, I was I was just feeling. Where are we now? My... What's that? We're in like a rock setting. I feel like I'm in a, a Star Wars. That was something I was I was trying to figure something out of my Skype. Ignore that. <laughs> no, I'm okay ignore, with it. Ignore that. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna talk 2021. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can I ask that you a is... question about this, by the way? Of yeah. course. I know this is the good stuff of Disney, but are we allowed to say something critical of Disney? Like if we think they're yes, doing something wrong. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Good. good. 
Yeah, we because, just you uh, know, we haven't recorded in 800 months because, I mean, how many times can we record a show and say, hey, the good stuff at Disney where they're closed for COVID? Triple then come. We'll make you smile. Triple then come. It lasts a while. Triple then come. We'll help you mister to punch that breath right in the kisser. Triple then come. We, we've all got, well, my schedule has opened up, but uh, we've all got some. Funny, not funny. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, so let's see. Opening topic. Let's see. Oh, because uh, this will come out in the new year, of course. Uh, <laughs> you guys have new, new year. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, which which year? Twenty twenty two. Um, and so going into twenty twenty, well, we'll have to wait and see. Although by the time you hear this, we'll know. So maybe I can give you three <laughs> outtakes here, and you can pick which one actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you mean going into 2021? Sorry, I'll try that again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now we, here we are going into 2021, and he finally made it till midnight. Here we are going into 2021, and he fell asleep once again. <laughs> so where the E is a three flipped around just to make it, yeah. But you know who else has true? Oh God, I haven't done this in a while. Rusty. You're rusty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. You know who you know else who is else? sitting in a rock? <laughs> Sorry. Are you watching this? <laughs> you know who else has traditions? Our guests. I think what they're going to do is they're really going to trump up. Let me say that again. Please. <laughs> Although yes. this is foreshadowing for a different topic. Yes, it is. <laughs> Well, spoiler. Oh, what Adam got updated with blames himself? Really, really, gay. So you think it's your fault that the offense stinks? Oh my god! I thought he got happened? fired. Who got fired? No, the Jets are on one of the longest winning streaks in the oh. NFL right now. So are the next <laughs> no, two games? Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> one of, one of, not the longest. One of. There are many teams left with more than two games in a row winning. Bills, I think, are up to six. Go Buffalo. I'm, I'm sure the Chiefs are doing okay, too. Yeah, Chiefs aren't doing bad. The Packers are doing very well, too. Yeah. the uh, Whoever makes it into the Super Bowl from the NFC is going to be a double-digit underdog, is my, my prediction. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. I mean, not, not to... Unless not Green to Bay draws a lot of gambling, because they, they tend to draw a lot. Yeah. So if you had Green Bay-Buffalo, Green Bay should be a double-digit underdog, and they may not be. And Green Bay's DC, and that's the thing. Like I've seen probably four Green Bay games, and their defense doesn't scare me at all. Stinks. Stinks. At all. Stinks like yesterday's diapers. At all. So a, you know it's that's a Roger like, Rabbit reference for you. Yes. <laughs> a forty-year-old man with a three-year-old. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now you get to use the, the, the outtakes. <laughs> Any opinions on who's making the Super Bowl? Super Bowl will be very clearly Giants Bills. <laughs> the Giants. Okay. Why? Let's back up a little bit. Right. The oh. fact that it's still a three-way. Okay. At the beginning <laughs> right. of the season, if I were to say there's going to be a three-way race in Week 17 to win the division in the NFC East, I you're, you're probably like, "That's amazing!" And um, then I tell you the final record. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's been unbelievable. The Giants are, they're really not a good team. The past couple of weeks when they've needed to step it up and they haven't shows the type of team that they are. Um, realistically speaking, who do I think is going to be in the Super Bowl? Chiefs. Packers. We'd like to thank Scott for joining us today on Water and Bacon. <laughs> By the way, Paul, if it makes you feel better, I was choosing in my mind Chiefs or Bills. So Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I mean I I I mean I personally think it's gonna be Bills Packers. Um the Chiefs actually haven't been too impressive the last three or four weeks either. Um they win, which Ruling is what you need. Ravens Saints. Ravens, you know, Ravens Saints would be a fun game to watch. Um, there's there's a bunch of combinations that I think would be very interesting. Um, you know, it, I I personally think you know the narrative of Buffalo and Green Bay. You've got Title Town versus the town that can't win a title, but you've got two blue collar, small, northern, cold, hardworking cities led by Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Let well, let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. Led by one Hall of Fame quarterback and one who Wait, is... Kelly's not with the Bills anymore. No, no, <laughs> oh, he's oh. not. No, <laughs> he was but the last time on the division before this year. He was, that's right. And uh, Josh Allen broke um, his not only touchdown but his yards records per season. Yeah, well, it's a he's, he's it's a different player. NFL now. He is a great a, player, yeah. He's a, he's, but, um, he's, he plays great. I don't know if he's a great player. I'm looking forward to the postseason. You fight great, but I'm a great fighter. Right. Tastes great, less filling. <laughs> <laughs>